it's time for our petrol head. Haven't spoken to him in a while. Nico is on the line. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I, I'm super well, but I wanted to read something to you because I thought um, you might like this. Mm-hmm. So um, I follow someone on Twitter called Susie Dent, and she's obviously someone who knows. Um, she follows words, like sort of the, the, the history of words and that kind of thing. And she said, if it's been one of those weeks and you don't quite have the words, then may I offer you these words, bumfuzzled and dumbfoozled from the 19th century. They both mean perplexed, befuddled and in need of a lie down. So I have to tell you, today I'm bumfuzzled. Oh, no, really? Uh, Perplexed, befuddled, and really in need of a lie down this Saturday morning. How are you? Are you on the couch with a cup of coffee? Or have you already done your morning jog, your cup of coffee, and uh, your first race around the track? (laughs) I've done the first cup of coffee a little bit earlier, um, but I'm the opposite. I'm energized. It's a a lovely day out here in Pretoria. The sun is shining. Um, it's the best time of the year for me. It's my favorite time, which is springtime. So I'm energized and ready to go, actually. And you're not worried about uh, endless spring pollen, like making you feel like you've got um, cotton wool shoved uh, up your head? I have a little bit, but that's luckily not so bad. I get a little bit of um, eye fever um, from that, but not so, not so bad. I'm quite lucky. I'm just worried about the mosquitoes uh, soon that will be coming to visit. But oh, apart from that, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. So that's fine. Tell me what's going on in the world of motoring, motorsports, and the like, and everything else. All right, so let's just start with a simple thing because somebody spoke to me the other day, and they had a question about you know tires are very expensive. Huh? What's the best? Yeah, exactly. What's the best way to look after my tires? Yeah. Um, so. Um, the first, uh, the first thing is tire pressures are extremely important. If your tire pressures are too low or too high, that's going to have a massive effect on how your tires wear out. So, um, in your inside the door, inside the fuel cap, uh, or the owner's manual, normally it would be fuel cap or the door or the inside uh, the driver's uh, the B pillar. You'll find a sticker that gives you the pressures. Um, make sure you stick to those pressures. So don't let the guys that fill up the, the, your car tell you what pressures they think. Open the door and have a look there because um, that's the recommended pressure. Sometimes they seem quite high. If you have a low profile tire, the pressures can be higher, but stick to those pressures. And they'll normally say, I'm a little, I have a, a picture of two people um, and a picture of four people and some suitcases. So in other words, if the car is empty or if the car is loaded with people. So check the pressures regularly. That would be the best start. So, um, so what yeah, would, I'm just yeah. trying to think what the science, or the ma- it's actually a maths equation of it would be. The more people you have in the car, the more weight in the car, should it be the less your tire is pumped or the more your tire is pumped? The more your tire is pumped. So a tire has a few functions, and one of them is it supports the weight of the vehicle. So it actually, so it takes up, if you just think of how a tire would work, the whole weight of the car sits on the tire. So yeah. if you add more weight, the tire is going to compress more. So adding more pressure, um, or you need more pressure when you add more weight. So when you're adding people and luggage, um, you need higher pressures um, inside your tires. Okay, um, that's interesting. But, yeah. You know, it does affect the wear of the tire a lot. And then the next thing is just smooth driving. So 
a harsh acceleration is going to wear the tires out more because if the tires, if you accelerate hard, um, the tires will tend to want to slip a little bit more. That's going to have a, let's call it a grinding effect for lack of a better word now for me, and that's going to wear out the tire. If you do harsh braking, so instead of smooth early braking, you get to the traffic light or stop speed and wait a little bit late and brake harder, that is also going to have an, a wear effect on the tire. So smooth cornering. So if you go through the corner, it's quite nice to go through the corner faster, but going through the, the corner faster generates lateral force, which means more wear on the tire. So just simply smooth driving, smooth acceleration and braking, it's going to have an effect. And then uh, the last tip I would say is rotate your tires regularly if you can. So um, most cars you're able to rotate. Um, some cars, if you have a performance car, let's say it's a rear wheel drive performance car, the rear, rear tires might be a bit wider than the front tires. Then you have an issue. Uh, if you have directional tires, you simply go on the right side towards the back. Um, but rotating the tires regularly would actually also make a difference because if you don't, it could be that um, in a front wheel drive vehicle, the front wheels would wear quicker than the rear wheels. So those are, I would say, Michelle, the basic things I would do um, just simply to look after the tires. But I, I tend to try and drive very smoothly. Um, so in other words, I have the same issue. Uh, or not the same issue, I'm in the same boat, and one day I'm going to replace tires. So for most of it, I really try and drive smoothly, and, and, um, and I think that's the best I can do to look after the tires. Uh, Nico, you know, you talk about driving smoothly. Now, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's you, the smooth driver, the smooth operator, so to speak. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> My goodness, there's a song there somewhere. But... <laughs> Sorry. Today, you know, she sang about me in the 80s already. <laughs> yeah, there's you, the smooth operator, who's driving mm-hmm. the car, try, you mm-hmm. know, trying to do it gently, going from first to second to third. Mm-hmm. And if it's automatic, then you're still trying to do it gently. But then mm-hmm. there's also the outside forces, the road. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that makes driving smoothly not always so easy, as we know in South Africa. Mm. How does one deal with that? So um, the big thing is um, eyes wide open, not eyes wide shut. So look for um, uh, potholes and, and try and avoid those, um, obviously, because they, if they're cutting the tire and we speak about the sidewall all the time, if sidewalls cut, it's a problem. So um, I'm driving always looking after the potholes because they're going to have a, you know, they can really damage your tire and that's expensive. So I'm looking for potholes all the time. Um, these are quite a few speed humps where I live in Pretoria, so I'm always slowing down for those. But I think that wouldn't have as much of an effect. Other cars shouldn't have an effect because you should be keeping a nice following distance. My, I think the biggest mistake South Africans are making is following distance. If I look at driving and I would say, okay, my opinion, what's the general biggest mistake people make? Um, I would say following distance is, is the biggest thing. Most people are too close to the other cars in front. So that means if you're driving on the highway now, you're on the way to work and you're not concentrating or just looking down for a second, the guy in front brakes. So you're going to brake harder because there's not a lot of distance, which means hard braking is going to affect the, the, in the long run, it's going to affect the, the wear of the tire. So I think if you're trying to drive smooth, you also have to do it with a nice big um, following distance. And then the guys behind you that are in a rush, let them pass, but don't block them. So what I always, if I'm driving in the fast lane um, and I see, okay, there's a car coming, I'll move to the left and let them pass, let them go and, and drive somewhere else, you know, make trouble somewhere else. I don't want to be cause trouble for myself. Um, so I'll just move out of the left or go left, left and fast. So I think that's the, that's, those are the things I, I try and, and have, you know, the best way I can try and drive with my car. Also, gravel roads. This is another one. A friend of mine, um, they, they used to pick up their kids um, from a, um, a kindergarten and, and had a gravel road. 
And on a gravel road, if you're just exerting too hard, when I looked at the tires, you need to replace the tire. They were they chunks. In other words, they were little chunks out of the tire, and that mm. was caused by the by the gravel road. So if you are travelling gravel roads, um, then also smooth acceleration is almost more important because if um, in a harsh acceleration, the wheels will slip a little bit, and that'll chunk little bits out of the tire. Well, there you go. Let's chunk, chunk, chunk. It's 8.38. Um, we're going to go to a break, but before we go to the break, don't forget we are chatting to Nika, our petrol head. Uh, we've got some questions for you, Nika. We'll come to them after the break. But if you do have more questions, then you can voice note us on WhatsApp with 0614104107. Questions about cars. You can also uh, send your questions on Twitter at SAFM Radio at Mish Constant, or you can... Uh, SMS 41391, your message, or just give us a call on 086-000-2032. It's almost that time of year where we as South Africans celebrate our gardens together. Sunday, the 15th of October, is Garden Day. Wear a flower crown, invite friends over, and welcome spring with a party in your garden. Visit gardenday.co.za for ideas and inspiration. Garden Day, Sunday, 15 October. All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Kind of weird, actually, being asked to read something that's already taken place. <laughs> but there we go. So I just want to say Janet van Eden um, sent us a message on Twitter to say, me too, me too. She's also feeling bumfuzzled and dumbfoozled, which you aren't, but I'm very pleased to hear that. Nico, we've got a question for you. We'll, we've got a question for you. We'll go for the question first. Um, I'm not sure if uh, it's online. Uh, so let's go for that. Hello? Oh, they're telling me it's a text. It's not a message. So the first one is... Um, I'm a 28-year-old male who's looking to buy my first car. I was thinking of a 2022 Toyota Starlet, the 1.5 XR. He says, I love the Polo. Actually, 28-year-old male, so do I. I love the Polo. However, given how those cars are often hijacked, I've opted for the Starlet. Is it a good buy? Toyota's always good. Taking into consideration fuel consumption and resale value. Also, I'm also doing about a, a thousand kilometers every month traveling to Mpumalanga. Do you think this will be reliable in the long run? This is anonymous from Pretoria. Um, yes, um, exactly. I mean, you, you can answer that one. I think both cars are very good. Um, so um, uh, if you, the Starlet's a very popular car. I think it's a good value for money. Um, and it's a car that um, you'll be very happy with. So, um, yeah, I, I think if you want to choose the Starlet, it would be a good choice. Lots of dealerships around. Uh, to service the car at parts should be cheap. So, yeah, for a first car, that's a great Yeah, car. and let me tell you, I had a Toyota for my first car, and it was it could have run for years and years and years and years and years. Hmm. So, really. My, my, my cousin had a, a Toyota Cave, um, yeah. and, and that thing had, I think it was 300 and something kilometers without issues. I think there's a lot of people listening now say, hey, if you want the car, it's wrong, although Cazes or Cazai were fabulous. So yes, um, it's going to be a car that you're going to be quite happy with. There was, of course, that woman—the woman on uh, that video in a Taz who drove over <laughs> a, a bag. I mean, she, I don't know if anybody saw that. Apparently, it's the most watched video on Twitter at the moment of a woman who um, drove over the person who snatched her bag. 
I'm yeah. not quite sure where that came to or ended. So these Tazas and Toyotas are excellent. I mean, the Toyota is an excellent car. Yeah. Oh, that's a good choice. Good. There you go, Anonymous. Hope that makes your day. Then we've got um, Pete who wants you to, Pete in Derbs, says, Pete calls it Derbs, not me, but Derbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's obviously a surfer or something. Pete <laughs> yeah, says, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, Pete says, morning, Michelle. Can Nico ooh, talk about paraffin being added to diesel and how that might affect your diesel motor? Some petrol stations are doing this. I didn't know this. This is terrible, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it can happen. So, um, it, uh, what 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 can if you if you're not an honest person, paraffin is much cheaper than diesel. So they add paraffin to the big tanks, um, and uh, I mean that's almost the answer there already is the fact that when you're adding paraffin to the diesel, that's going to be very bad for your diesel vehicle. But um, it tends to happen at filling stations that don't have a high turnover. That are quieter, sort of on the on the side, not a lot of traffic and not a lot of fuel being pumped up in and out of the tank. So it's less likely to happen if you're going to a filling station that's always busy, because they're always pumping. It's always, I mean, that yeah. they're busy, so the fuel's going in and out all the time. Where and I'm not, please, I'm not saying that if you have a filling station that's quiet, it's happening there. But um, if if you have a filling station that, like when I, I put in fuel not far from my home, and they all, these guys are always pumping in diesel because the diesel, um, the cheaper they I put in Sassel, I'm not got the diesel, I put in Sassel because of the lower PPM. You can go anywhere else, of course, it doesn't really matter, but for me, uh, they, they, they have a high turnover, so sometimes they show, oh, we're out of diesel. Um, yeah. So that means they're less likely to do that, and they're less likely, I guess, to do if they're part of a, a big fuel company, um, but it can happen. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it happens less. I think there's a lot of regulation around that, or the fuel's being tested at those. And you can I mean, lose your license, so you what? can lose your license what, if what? you're doing this. But what could happen to your car if it does have a mix of diesel and um, uh, paraffin? Uh, so, um, um, so the diesel, so how a diesel car works is you um, uh, compress air and then inject the diesel, and then the diesel burns. But um, the paraffin is not going to burn like the diesel burns. In other words, the the, the energy. That pushing the piston down yep. is not going to is not going to be the same effect as the diesel. So the burning, I think, is not going to be as strong. So in other words, because it doesn't burn as strong, it's going to do damage to your engine. But we're now at the point where my knowledge, you know, that cliff we always talk about, <laughs> and and I, and I, I wouldn't know exactly what happens. So, so I'm sure there's somebody that's more more cleverer than me that can say what happens when you're burning the diesel. So the the problem is that the burning is not going to be the same effect. Um, and because diesel is a very slow burn, if you put a match to diesel, you'll see you can't actually light it like petrol. So it's a slow burn. So I think um, that's going to do damage to the valves, going to do damage um, to the piston. But maybe somebody that knows even better than me can tell us. But surely, but it's it's very bad. I mean, the thing is also, um, if you're looking at modern diesel cars, um, if you you have uh, most, if if you have a Bucky, it's different. Let's say you have a, a German performance car, that's diesel. So those injectors work on a common rail system that pressurizes the diesel up to about 2,000, 2,500 bars. To put it in perspective, the car wash, you know, those high-pressure car washes, yeah. 10 bar or maybe 100 bar. This is 2,000 bar. So the, the diesel is pressurized to 2,000 bar. Then there's a very small hole which the diesel is forced through. The paraffin is also not very clean. So think of, I'm just now trying to think yeah. about it log- logically. The paraffin is also not very clean. So now you're trying to, you're pressurizing the diesel, 
and you're pushing that through the small hole at 2,000 bar. Um, that's why, for instance, I go for the Sassel because it's cleaner. But now you're adding paraffin, which isn't clean. So that's also actually going to damage and clog the injectors because yeah. the paraffin is very dirty. So that's possibly what's going to happen. So um, we've got to go to a break, but when we come back from the break, uh, we'll take uh, Richard's question in Durban as well. Don't forget, you can WhatsApp your questions to Nico. You can also call us or SMS us or send them to us on Twitter. Michelle Constant on SAFM. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Oh, Nico. Mm-hmm. So Richard yeah. in Durban. Durban or Durban? No, this is Richard in Durban. Okay. okay. And Richard in, no, in Durban. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what I'm saying. <laughs> no, the last one was Pete in Durbs. This is Richard in Durban. Durban, yes. Okay, so That's why I'm just making sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Richard once says, I think he's just causing trouble here, but it's an interesting okay. question, actually. Richard All says statement. the Toyota Starlet is a Suzuki Bolero, like the mm-hmm. Urban Cruiser is a Vitara. Same car, mm-hmm. different details. Who makes the engine? Yes, so um, um, I would say um, you're not wrong, but um, at the end of the day, um, Toyota wouldn't sell the product if it wasn't reliable. I mean, look at how reliable Suzuki's are. So, um, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's always um, a question of what car do you want to drive? Do you like the car? Um, because you've got to drive the car. So everybody um, will always have something to say about the car. Somebody often say, hey, no, that's not a great car. Or, I like, don't like that brand. Or, hey, the Polo is a better choice. Um, but at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to drive the car from A to B. And if you like it and you're happy with it and you know you say the pros and the cons of it, you know, you should drive it. So you should buy it. So that's always my feeling with any car, even if you're buying a French car. Some people say, oh, don't buy a French car. The parts are expensive and whatever the story is. But at the end of the day, if you're going to drive it and you're quite happy with the car and you've looked at all the pros and cons, you know, there's no sense in driving a car, but you hate it. So that's my feeling. And so for all the good things, that's why I think the smallest is good. Um, And at the end of the day, if you're going to drive it and you're going to, you like it, then go for it. It's your money. (laughs) No, but that's not what he's asking. And we've we've discussed this before. is no, that, exactly. Do, I mean, it, it, do that, they have it, different it, engines or do they have the no, same engine? No, it's the same engine. engine. The same engine. I mean, there's, Is it? There's, there's, yeah, if you drive, if you look at those two cars, you see those are a lot of similarities. There's more similarities than there are differences. Um, but, um, it, it, yeah, so he's right at the end of the day. But um, if you like the Starlet, then buy the Starlet. If you like the Suzuki, so then buy the Suzuki. If your engine is the same, in the Toyota Starlet and the Suzuki Bolero, you're mm. actually choosing it according to its look to the and brand. its details and the brand. Yeah, but brand. Um, if you go for the, let's say the same argument for engines, um, you can make a list of cars that have engines made. Let's say Mercedes-Benz A-Class mm. is powered by a Renault diesel. So the a, um, a one, that's a 1.5 Renault diesel. Um, if you're looking at the previous Mini, uh, general, probably about two, two generations ago, had a 1.6 turbo, but that was actually a Peugeot engine. Um, so even with engines, engines are shared a lot, a, a lot of the time manufacturers do that. They share engines. Um, so um, the case for new Amarok versus new Ford Ranger. Um, so there's a lot. I, I can sort of make lots of arguments like that with an yeah. engine 
that, that that's actually from a different manufacturer. So you could say the same for the Ford and the, let's say the Ford and the Amarok. Which one do you like? Some people say, well, it's a Ford, so I'm going to buy the Ford. Some people say, you know what, I like the styling uh, of the Volkswagen, I'm going to buy the Volkswagen. So that's why that argument is always such a difficult one. And I'm, what, what I'm trying not to do is put my taste in front and say, well, that's what I like. I'd rather say, look at the pros and cons, and these are the good things of the Starlet, so that's why you should buy it. So does, um, I mean, this is maybe a bit of a stupid question, but then you know what you mm-hmm. were saying, sometimes people say don't buy um, a French car or whatever because mm-hmm. you might not be able to get the parts. But if there's a car that is a German car, but it has a French engine, are you getting the parts from the German shop? or are you getting... You're, getting, you're getting the parts from the German manufacturers. So in other words, um, you're getting the, 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 the um, they wouldn't put a car or engine in there that's not reliable. Think about this. Yeah. Mercedes Benz can't afford to put a diesel engine in there and the thing gives problems because people won't say, oh, it's a, it's a bad um, um, a Renault engine. They'll just say the Merc is not reliable. So Mercedes yeah. Benz wouldn't do that. So when they put a car, an engine in that car, that engine's been tested for um, lots and lots, um, hundreds of thousands of kilometers to make sure, possibly millions, to make sure that engine and that car combination works fine and that engine is reliable. And you get the parts from the manufacturer and it comes with a manufacturer's warranty um, like any other car. So that wouldn't put me off buying the car and say, oh, I wouldn't buy that car because that engine, um, I don't like the engine. Some people would, but it wouldn't put me off. I would, mm. You know, if you drive those cars, they're fabulous. So, it, it, yeah, so I, I, I think what you should not do um, where there's a danger is when you're buying one-off cars. Um, I, I know somebody that um, got, there was some sort of, I'm trying to think what the brand was, um, but it was a car that was imported um, from another country. Um, and he got the car for very cheap. But then when there were issues, he could simply not find any parts. Mm. He had to import them from overseas for an extremely high cost. Yeah. So that, so I would steer away from that um, if it's a one-off. But, and certain cars, you must also know. So know what you're in for. If you're buying a car and you say, oh, I'm getting this car, and it's a car. They didn't make a lot of those, um, but I'm getting it cheaply. Hey, yeah. that's a good price. But then also weigh it out and just say, you know what, let me do a bit of research. You know what, parts are going to be quite expensive if I buy this car. Is it worth my while? Do I want to take mm. the risk? Or do I want to say, you know, I'm not sure if it's because the car is cheap, but the parts I'm going to battle to find them, let me not do it. So for me, it's always just make a very informed decision before you do anything. So yeah. find out about everything else. So weigh up everything and then make the decision. Nico, we've seen some serious rain in um, the Western Cape. We've seen cars being washed away. We've seen some incredible images from Brooklyn in New York with the uh, Mm -hmm. rain that's come down. Also, cars just simply being washed away. It made me wonder, do we see people getting into cars and driving, just pushing their way through the water in the hope that everything's going to be okay? Or uh, what's your take on what people should do in this kind of situation? You know, it's the same one. It's always the same thing. Don't. Um, and I think the, the videos, if you watch any of those, it highlights how well cars float. There's so many videos where this, the wave comes in and just you see, whoops, the cars lift and they float. And they float beautifully, unfortunately. So when there's water, if you can't walk through the water, don't drive through the water. So if you, so the, 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 four, the rule for four by four is simply if you, you know, if you're going to walk, drive through the water, you walk three uh, routes. You drive, walk where the one wheel is. You walk back where the diff is. You walk where the second wheel is. Um, and then you say, okay, that's okay. Let me drive through this. And if it's a stream and you're battling to walk through it, that car's going to float, unfortunately. So when there's water, just don't drive through it. 
Um, the car floats much better than you think. There's so many. I mean, the, the storms, I think, highlighted that, all the stuff in New York. So avoid, avoid the water. There's an interesting one that I saw the other day. There's, I forget now the Chinese brand. It is not in South Africa. But they had a car, and they showed this video where it, it can float. It's an electric car. It's well-sealed, so it floats. But then the, it, it actually becomes a little bit like a boat. That's so exactly wheel, what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the wheel, so the wheels in this thing turn, and, and, and you can effectively steer it, and the wheels will go forwards or backwards. And they had this video where the car drives into water, then floats, and then turns around and drives back. But consider that there's no current there. So if you have any current, that thing is just going to float away to see it. You're not going to be, it's not a boat. So it's sort of in an emergency and it's floating and there's not a lot of um, water with a current. But if there's a current and um, that, you know, with those wheels, the current's just going to take you. The currents are extremely strong. You think about water eventually being strong enough to carve its way through rocks. So if you have a mass of water, um, uh, even boats have problems with masses of water. So the simple answer is just avoid the water 10 out of 10 times. Don't drive yet. Do you think we might see more designs like that? I mean, here we go. We, we're very aware of climate change. We're, we're mm. seeing more frequently um, what climate change is actually doing. Mm. So the first thing that car manufacturers start to do is, in response to climate change, is they develop an electric car. But mm. we are going into times where there are massive fires, but there's also massive floods. Um, mm. Would we see cars, more and more cars being designed that could become car boats um, or you know. I think I think I think this is just more of a, a, a hey, this is what we can do as opposed to um, car manufacturers worrying about that. Um, so I, I don't I don't see car manufacturers doing that. As to say, you know, um, let's see how our, uh, it's probably it's possibly a way to to differentiate yourself from everybody else. Say so we have a very luxurious car, car, and by the way, it floats beautifully, but uh, it's not going to um, sway most people buying it. What is interesting, maybe if I just think about this now, if there's a big fire. Cars have a problem because if the oxygen's out of the air, you can't drive it. So if you have flyers, um, you're not going to be able to drive your internal combustion engine where you can actually drive your electric car because the electric car doesn't need oxygen. So um, that's just, if there's a big fire and you have two cars and um, you're batting to breathe, the electric car would be the better one because that could drive through the fires. Some cars, if the fire is strong enough, can't drive because it can't get oxygen. Seems to me like the insurance companies should be driving that <laughs> process for sure. Yes. Makes a lot yes. of sense. Nico, it's nine o'clock, which means we've got to say goodbye, but we'll speak to you again next week. Lovely weekend. I hope you have a lot more energy coming your way soon. I promise I will. <laughs> <laughs> nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.